Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, Jesus said this, Come unto me, all ye that labor, that are toiling, and are heavy laden. That means overburdened. When you get overburdened, you come to him. And he says, and I will give you rest. That word rest in the Greek means I'll give you a quiet ceasing that will refresh you. Take my yoke, yoke, that is the Greek word that means doctrine. Take my yoke or my doctrine upon you and learn of me, for I am meek. That word means I am humble and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest for your souls. Have you ever had some turmoil in your soul? You're sitting there and there's thoughts going 900 miles an hour. It gets confusing. Your answer is to come to Jesus or come to the word of God and take his yoke, take his word upon you. How do you do that? By speaking it. And you'll find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy. It means my yoke, my doctrine is gentle. This is gentle and it's easy to use. And my burden is light. We said this a couple weeks ago when we started preaching this, that God's word is the seed that will keep you at rest. God wants you resting. Now we're not talking about inactivity. We're talking about you rest in work. You're going to go to work tomorrow, but when God, when you go to work, you're still working, but you're working heartily as unto him, but you're at rest while you're working, right? The only way to do that is you're going to have to speak over your work. You're going to have to speak the word of God. You can't, you can't let it depart out of your mouth, right? Because it'll keep you at rest. So we must, as Christians, understand how to enter into rest, right? And this is what rest means, that you've ceased from trying to work something out in your own self-effort. I've stopped that. I'm now, I refuse to make the final verdict on what I do, me. I don't do anything independently of Christ. I do everything with him. Right? So now jump over to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Let's look at what faith is. It says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So let's break this down. We're talking about the believer's walk of faith. Faith is a rest. So first thing I see here is now faith is. Faith is always now. It's always present tense. I, don't I can't declare the word of God and say, Father, I declare right now, I thank you that I will be healed. 
I can't, I mean, I could confess that, but it won't do anything because that's not Bible. Right? Faith is now. Father, I declare by the stripes of Jesus, I am healed. Right now. I declare that I'm healed and I declare in the name of Jesus, this sickness that's in my body has no legal right because I, you sent your word, Psalm 107.20, and healed me. And I know when that happened because Matthew 8.17 says that all of my sin was condemned in his body on the tree. The Bible also says that Jesus himself bore my sickness and carried my pain on the cross. So when did my healing, when was it sealed, when was it given to me? In about A.D. 30, in April, when he came, when he died, all of my sickness, all the, everything, all the result of the curse of the law, by his stripes, I was healed there. So faith is always now. Satan will always try to put you, what you're believing God for, in time. He'll ask you, why do you not have it yet? And you better not answer that question based on what you see I know you're believing God for this money. Why do you not have it yet? No, 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 Satan. I do have it. Why? Well, according to this, now faith is the substance. You could translate it many, many translations. Read it this way. Now faith gives substance to the thing that I'm hoping for, right? Well, now let's look at Bible hope. So you can go out today and go, it, you know, it's who knows what it is. It's probably several hundred million dollars and buy a lottery ticket and you could hope that you win. But natural hope is this. You may win or you may not. Bible hope, this Greek word is not that. Bible hope is, a that, but word hope is defined as a joyous, confident expectation it's not if it will happen no 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 it's i already have it i'm a, this is something god said he gave me so you could read it this way now faith gives substance to that which i'm expecting so if you are struggling financially and, and you just don't have enough to pay your bills, right? Or your washing machine broke and you need to buy a new washing machine, but you don't have the money for that. Guess what? The word of God says, but my God shall supply all of your need according to his riches and glory. He doesn't supply your need based on an earthly standard. He's going to bless you on a heavenly standard. Why? Well, you are actually a citizen of heaven. You're here on assignment. And it all will come to you through Christ or through his word. Realize this. You have to lay hold of unseen blessings that God has already given to you by his grace. You lay hold of them and it comes into this natural realm where you can see it and experience it and use it, it comes through faith. Now faith, your faith will give substance to that that you're expecting. It goes on to say your faith is the proof that you already have what you cannot perceive right now with your senses. 
you know, your healing's real. It's, it's actually more real. Do you know if a person needs their heart healed? Do you know that the reality of that new heart that works perfectly is actually more real than the pump that's in you? Why? Because the Bible says that everything we can see is made by things we can't see. So this is real stuff. Think about that. God really provided everything you're going to need in your life. All the money, all the health, all the strength, all everything that you'll need. It's already been provided, but it will do you no good unless you lay hold of it and bring it in this realm. Because remember, the medium of exchange in heaven, in the kingdom of God, is faith. Right? So let's keep going with this. I read this to the men, so this is all the men's fault, Saturday. It says, for by it, by faith, the elders obtained a good report. Isn't it awesome when you're facing something physical and you go in, in three months, you've been taking medicine, you've been doing this, doing that, whatever, or you have a surgical procedure and you go and your doctor goes, hey, I've got a good report for you. You're fine. You're perfect. It's gone. That's awesome. How do you obtain a good report with God? Through faith. So forget about if you're going to the doctor this week, don't sit here and go, okay, okay, Lord, you know, I'm just, I'm just believing you for a good report. No, that's not how it works. Right? We don't, the report from the doctor is awesome, but, I, but Isaiah 53, 1 says, who believe, who's going to believe my report? You want a good report? You'll get a good report through faith. Medically, financially, in every way. For by faith, the elders obtained a good report. Through faith, we understand that the worlds, this word worlds means the ages. Like right now, we're in the age of grace. But there are many ages throughout eternity. But we understand, how do we understand it? Through faith, we understand that the ages or the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. So you got to understand that. Well, you have to understand that by faith. Why would you understand that? Well, because God said it. And I, I respect, if he said it, man, if I meditate on that, I will begin to understand. Listen, this, this organ that's, that's not doing well in my body, this joint that I can see on an MRI that's not right, listen, this, there's something that's unseen that I can't see with my senses. God has a new hip for me. He has a new knee for me. He has a new disc for me. He has new blood for me. And I understand how it works. Everything I see is made from things unseen. Right? You guys doing okay? Some of you are looking at, I'll, I'll quote Brother Hagen, you're looking at like a cow looking at a new gate. <laughs> Keep looking. 
Because that's the way it is for all of us. You just keep looking, you keep meditating, and the Holy Spirit will show you. All of a sudden you'll be like, at four o'clock today, you'll be like, wow. When Pastor Tony said that, I thought, that's just weird. Now, but now I see it. Wait, that is true. Right? By faith, look at this now. Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. So they obviously learned tithing from their parents, Adam and Eve. So this was all the way from the beginning. So Abel comes to God and he, he, with grain, he takes the first and the best of his harvest and he brings it before the Lord. And God, God accepts it and it's great. Cain, his brother, brings, he brings something to God, but it's not his first and it's not his best. In other words, this is all about something that God had talked to them about. Where did Adam and Eve learn this? From God. I'm telling you, when he walked with them in the cool of the day, he would have talked to them about this. Listen, you're in the, this is how the garden is going to increase. You're going to sow. You're going you're gonna to speak. You're going you're gonna to always honor me with your first and your best, and I want you to turn this garden that I made, I want you to cover the world with it. I, I made this little area for you so that you can see what, what it's to look like. But I want you to use your mouth and to use your actions and I want you to speak what I tell you and spread this all over the world. So now Cain comes with his offering, no heart, and all of a sudden God does not accept it. You know what that feels like, right? You decide, you know what, I'm just doing this, bless God. And sometimes you play games with yourself and you, you tell your friends, yeah, you know, God told me to do this. And it just flat falls apart. And some people get mad about that. Why did God allow this to happen in my life? Right? But, but so Cain is upset. And God tells him, he's like, listen, if you do what I said, do it the way I said, Cain, it'll be accepted. But if you don't, listen, sin is lying, at the, at, at, he's lying in wait at the door and it's desirous for you. And because of that, because Cain did not, did not operate in faith, that, that's how the first murder came around. So do you see how this is talking about something, this is something God specifically said and they just didn't do it the way he said. Go back and read the story, it'll make sense to you. Right? But it says here, by which Abel obtained witness that he was righteous. Wait a minute. He was spiritually dead, but God, I thought Abraham, it was accounted righteousness unto Abraham because he, he walked in faith. Well, yeah, that's, that's great. And he is the father of faith. That's what he would call him, the father of faith. Why? Because God did. But this was way before Abel. God witnessed. Hey, Abel, check this out. He's up in heaven going, check this out. I'm, he's witnessing. Look, look at Abel. He's obeying. He's honoring me. Right? That's righteous. Right? Have you ever seen Finding Nemo? The little turtle righteous right isn't that right yeah i'm a grandfather i know this stuff i could quote some of these wow we better not go there 
I need to renew my mind with the word, right? <laughs> God testifying of his gifts. God in heaven. Could you imagine? God sitting on the throne in heaven. The God of the universe took time to testify in heaven for this man who brought grain. Now, I get excited about that because in Hebrews it says, here men receive tithes, but there he receives them. Do you know Jesus? God never changes. Do you know Jesus? You're out there working and you, and you, you get your check, right? And you make $500 a week and you take $50 of it and you put it in an offering and you think, well, you know, I'm just honoring God. Do you know Jesus is up in heaven testifying? Check that out. Faith. I mean, this is, we, listen, your life is huge. Satan doesn't want you to know that. It says here, God testifying of his gifts, and by it, and by it, by faith, he being dead, yet speaketh. Isn't that amazing that what this guy did Thousands of years ago, we're still speaking about it. It still speaks. Do you know everything you do when you honor God? It will speak. God wants everything in your life to speak. I mean, if you have a desire for a new vehicle, let God bless you with a new vehicle so it'll speak. Do you know this building speaks? People drive by this building and, and there's people here that, why are you here? Well, I drove by this building, and every time I drive by, something, I just, I, something would tell me, go try, check this church out. God wants everything about you to speak. That's why it's important for you to walk by the faith of God. Now look at this. Now we have another story. It says, by faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death. Now, how many people had been translated before Enoch? Nobody. So translated is kind of like this. Enoch is walking on the earth, and all of a sudden, God takes him to heaven. So right now, Jesus is sitting on the throne of God in a glorified body. Do you know every other human being that's in heaven? Everyone, they don't have their body. They're, they're all walking around as a spirit. Now, what do they look like? Okay, my spirit looks just like me, except younger. All right? So, Sarah, you're 29. So, her spirit probably looks like her, except, <laughs> except, Technically, her body is still not glorified, so she'd even be more beautiful with a glorified body. And everybody said, yes, so be it unto me, right? <laughs> so, so literally, like if you have loved ones that went home, if you want to see what your mom and dad look like now, don't look at them when they were, you know, elderly. No, 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 you got to go back when they're like, you know, in their 20s, 30, whatever. And then realize what you're looking at, and you'd have to Photoshop them. Right, because their skin, have you ever noticed like, you know, models or some of this stuff in magazines, their skin is perfect. Well, it's called Photoshop. 
right? Glorified bodies are awesome. But there's one guy, think about this, there's one guy walking around. He lived on the earth for what, 365 years? And he's walking around in a physical body. But he's not growing older because he's in heaven. There's no curse. So that's Enoch. That's what we mean by translated. Nobody had ever been translated before. You know, people had brought tithes to the Lord before. Cain and Abel did. They must have saw their mom and dad do that. Right? So now, this is talking about a story. Now this is something. You could almost say Cain and Abel has to do with the written word. Enoch has to do with the revealed word. Okay? So think about this. Enoch. I love this. He was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him for before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. He had a testimony that he pleased God. Verse 6, but without faith, it's impossible to please God. So now we know why Enoch pleased God. Because he was in faith. So think about this. Do your genealogy. You know that part of the Bible that you read and you're like, oh my gosh. Genealogies. Thank God for genealogies, because if you study, you realize, man, Enoch was living while Adam was still alive. So could you imagine that? Enoch walking up to Adam. Hey, we'll pretend like Torian is Adam. Right, hey, tell me about, what was it like to walk with God face to face? Right? Tell me about that. And then Enoch, through his life, what is faith? He, he, how, how does faith come? It comes by hearing the words of God. We know that from Romans 10, 17. So at some point, you could just see Enoch. He's like, man, I just want a fellowship with God. Right? So he just is walking around, and he's like, okay, God, I can't see you, but I know you're there. I know you're there. So I'm just going to talk with you, and I would love for you to talk to me. And as he's walking, we don't know how long this, this happened, but all of a sudden, on the inside of him, just the way it is with us, all of a sudden this desire rose up. And he's like, man, I want to be translated. I just want to go be with him. Right? 365 years old, he's walking. He, if it's faith, then he had to start... The Lord had to reveal to him part of his plan was that he would be translated. So, but God couldn't just translate him. He had to, how, how do we receive from God? It's impossible to receive anything from God apart from faith. James tells us that. So he had to literally start confessing. Father, I declare I'm going to come be with you. That I'm not, I'm not going to have to live all these years, apart from you, I want to be with you right now. God would help him. He would tell him exactly what to say. And at some point, the Bible says, through faith, Enoch was translated. He actually believed God to be translated. And then it says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Why? For he that comes to God must believe that he is. You can't even come to God 
unless you believe he is. He is what? He is who he said he is. But it's not enough for you to believe that. So to come to God regarding healing, regarding provision, regarding anything he's promised, you have to believe that he is your healer, that he's your provider, that he's your deliverer, that he's the restorer of your life. You've got to believe that every good and every perfect gift comes from above, from the Father of lights, and that he, there's no variableness in him. There's no shadow of turning. What he's done for one, he'll do for all. And then all of a sudden, this desire's there. See, don't settle as a Christian. Because God, his gifts are good and perfect. But you got to believe if you need healing, if you need deliverance, if you need restoration, if you need finances, you have to believe that he is the God of that. But that's not enough. Do you know many believe that God, that God is love? For years I lived my life. I didn't even realize this, but as I got in the word, it was revealed to me. I would teach on the love of God. My wife, we still, the big joke in our, it's like, so what did I preach on? She's like, the love of God. Right? Because that was the default setting. I would always preach about the love of God. It was really amazing. I knew God loved everybody. But in the core of my being, except me. Because I'm worthless. What a lie. Right? See, I believed God was love and that he loved everyone. But I needed to believe, see, I don't only believe that he is, but I got to believe that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. In other words, not only that God is love, that's not enough. I got to believe he loves me. Not only do I got to believe that God's a healer, but I have to believe that he is my healer, my provider. To come to God, you have to believe that. This is why without faith, it's impossible to please him because, see, God wants you to believe him and believe in him. And herein is the massive problem in the church because we as God's children are living our lives and we're inserting God into our lives. He's not the priority. He's not the center. I just come to church. I hear the word. I listen to teaching sometimes. I might even read my Bible a little bit, but I don't meditate in his word. So light is really not coming to me and now I'm not really seeing. Faith is not really there, right? Paul told Timothy, I see your genuine faith. Right? It was in your grandmother, Eunice, or your grandmother, Lois, your mother, Eunice. I might be mixing those up. But it's in you also. Genuine faith. I believe that God is who he says he is. Right? So many Christians, they're mad at God. They don't understand, you know, I, I know how to quote three healing scriptures, and I quoted them, and I, I'm not healed, so what's the deal? Well, the deal is you're not in faith. No, no, I am in faith. No. Faith would never say that. Right? What am I saying? The believer's walk of faith is this. It is not what you believe. 
I don't really care that you could quote some scriptures. You hear them all the time. Are you quoting them out of a heart that you're firmly persuaded this is who God is and this is truth? In other words, are you living your life knowing about God? Or are you living your life, the believer's walk of faith is where you live your life knowing God. He wants, he wants you to know him intimately. To where when you get in the fire, you know. I might not see him, but he's in the fire with me. When I'm in, when I'm in the sea, I know he is the one holding back the sea. Right? I know in every battle of my life, nothing separates me from his love, and he is here with me. And when, if he said it, he'll do it. If he spoke it, he'll bring it to pass. Right? Let me go a little further with this. Hallelujah. Boy, I'll tell you, I still didn't get very far. Man. I want to read a couple scriptures to you. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, in verse 10, verse 10 through verse 13 gives us an example a picture of a picture of a place of rest. And I want you to put this in context with your life. This is what God did for the children of Israel. This is what God wants to do for you. Okay? Because we will sit here in our church and say, yeah, no, no, no. We don't get into works here. But, and, and we're growing in this, guys, but we're still really into works. But we're, we're getting better. And it's a process, right? So this is a picture of rest that God's word gives us. Now, the children of Israel is a type of a New Testament believer. It says, and it shall be when the Lord thy God shall have brought thee into the land which he sware unto thy fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, to Jacob, to give thee great and goodly cities which you did not build. God says, when you come into what I have for you, I'm going to give you cities that you didn't build. Houses full of all good things which you did not fill. That kind of, can you feel that stretching you right now? Right? Because how many of you live in a house or an apartment and you went to work and you got money and you saved and you filled that house with things? Right? You got to get over that perception and you have to see it as it really is. And houses full of good things which you did not fill, and wells digged which you did not dig, vineyards and olive trees which you did not plant. And then he says this though, when, not if, when, you, have, you shall have eaten and be full, then beware lest you forget the Lord. What does it mean to forget the Lord? To forget the Lord, you know you're forgetting the Lord when you stop keeping his word. That's the definition of forgetting the Lord. Which brought you out from the land of Egypt, from the, ha from the house of bondage. Then he says this in verse 13. Thou shalt fear the Lord thy God. That means 
Thou shalt reverence, honor, and respect him above everything else in your life and serve him and shall swear by his name. See, in other words, we must realize to enter his rest that we cannot be working where God works. You work out what he's working in, but if you're trying to fix your life, guess what? God won't grab it out of your hand and start fixing it. You have to give it to him. Are you living, are you renting and you want to own a house? You need to stop trying to figure out how to get it and, and start meditating in scriptures so faith can come because he wants you to have a house. Actually, he wants all of us to have houses. You need one for you. You also need one, you know, maybe to help another believer out who just gets saved before they learn how to really walk in this where they could stay, right? You might need houses to help your family, whatever it is. What, what, is, the, what is the limit on your prosperity? It's limited only how your soul prospers. In other words, it's unlimited. Right? I must rest what? In the finished work of Christ. That's what I rest in. When Jesus was on the cross, he didn't say, Father, into your hands do I commit my spirit. It is almost finished. He didn't say that, did he? He said, it is finished. And so we must rest in the finished work. I don't like the fact that I've got these symptoms in my body and it's hurting. But I'm resting in the fact that Jesus bore my sickness and carried my pain. So sickness and pain, you got to go. And I'll never, ever, ever stop standing and rejecting you until you leave, right? Because, and you got to realize that God is who he said he is, that he watches over his word to perform it. Joshua, let's look at another example. Joshua 24, 13. Isn't this good? Man, I don't know about you, I am like ready to run right now. It says, and I have given you, Joshua 24, 13, and I have given you a land for which you did not labor and cities which you did not build and you dwell in them and the vineyards and olive yards which you did not plant, you eat. You got to realize God is no respecter of persons. This is the picture. If God did this once, he will do it again. If he did it for one of his children, he'll do it for all. This he did for his servants. We're, we're servants of the Lord as we minister to others, but we're his kids. God gave them something without their labor. Now we're not talking about rest from work or inactivity. We're talking about rest in work. God wants you resting while you're working. He wants to take your yearly income, teach you how to profit so that you can get some seed in the ground so that he could bless you on a millionaire's level instead of 
the level that your income is dictating. Because otherwise, it wouldn't be fair, right? I mean, why are some people so gifted in science and they have this desire and they're just, you know, they're able to go to medical school and become a doctor or a surgeon or whatever, or go to law school, become an attorney, or get into something that just makes them a ton of money. And then other people, they just don't have that desire. Right? I mean, you know, God called me to be a preacher for years. I'm like, I don't see how I could really, I mean, I knew pastors that their families suffered. And I couldn't figure out how God was going to take care of me and my family if I followed him. And that's all lies. You can go to work fast food for your whole career and become a multimillionaire. And, and sow millions into the kingdom of God and help build churches and ministries while you're living in a neighborhood. And, and you know, you got so-and-so ma major professional living next to you here. You got a guy that owns this massive business and you're out, you're out in your yard and, and they're over there talking to you going, man, you've just got the most beautiful home. There's just, every time I walk here, I just feel there's something about it. It's just so peaceful. It's beautiful. What do you do for work? Well, I'm the fry guy at McDonald's. We laugh. But listen, God wants to reach those McDonald's employees, so he's going to have to have some people there. And here's the thing. Why would you go there? Because that's just the desire I have. Because I'm on assignment. It doesn't matter. You know, God's not impressed by letters after a person's name. God's impressed by faith. Selah. Right? Selah. Oh, man. I got I to gotta go through this. One thing here, real quick. The gospel. In, in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 1, it says this. Let us therefore fear. This word means let us therefore be cautious. Let us therefore be aware and let's be very diligent lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. Come short of entering into his rest. See, I gotta, I gotta live my life aware, sober, so that I don't miss a promise and I'm not able to enter into his rest. So then in verse 2 it says, for unto us was the gospel preached. This word gospel, it's the news that's to so good, it's too good to be true. Unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. This story is about them, the children of Israel. God's word is telling us, New Testament believer, the gospel was preached to us, but the gospel was always also preached to them. What was preached to them? I've promised Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob this land, and it's a land that flows with milk and honey, and there's cities there that I have for you. There's wells there. There's all this stuff there. There's houses. I want you to have all of it without work. The, God said that to him. That was the gospel. It's too good to be true. Living back then, man, you want a house, you got to build it. You want a well, you got to dig it. You want to eat grapes, you got you to grow them. But God is saying, no, no, I'm showing you my rest. And the gospel was preached to them 
as it was to us. What's us? That by his stripes you're healed. That God will deliver you. That God will protect you. That he'll provide for you. Right? Same deal. But the word preached did not profit them not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. Instead of walking around the wilderness going, man, Father, I thank you that you have given us cities which we didn't build, lands that we, that we didn't have to do anything, houses full of good things that we didn't have to build. If They, they didn't walk around speaking that. They didn't mix what God said with faith. Their mixer was their mouth. What did they do? They walked around saying, we can't have what God said. We can't go into the promised land. These people are too strong. These cities are too strong. I can't. You don't understand, Pastor. I have congenital heart disease. I only have this much time to live, and it's getting worse. I can't have health. Do you see how it's the exact same thing when God said, no, I provided this for you. This happened in my life, and I will be scarred for the rest of my life. I was raped, I was mistreated, I was, and I'll never be able to have a peaceful life. You know, I, I, I went through this thing, and man, they took my uterus out, and I'll never be able to have kids again. You don't understand. Well, now wait a minute. What does God say? Are you a tither? Because God says the fruit of the womb is God's reward. Well, yeah, but I don't have one. God is the God that brings life back to dead things. He calls those things which be not as though they are. Do you see the, the thing? But what is the difference? You've got to mix faith with it. You've got to walk around saying it is written. In the midst of something where you think it's over, you sit here when you think your kids... They are never going to serve God. You need to be declaring. My seed will be mighty on the earth. My children are going to increase because I'm righteous. My children are going to be taught of the Lord. Great will be the peace of my children. They will walk out God's plan for their life. They will not. What, what are you doing? You're mixing faith with it. What is the gospel? Here it is, guys. I'm going a little later. Don't really care. You'll live. So, so here's the thing. The gospel is the grace of God. It, what does that mean? What God, through Christ, has done for us. The news that was too good to be true was the news about the grace of God. Stick with me for three more minutes to five more minutes because we got to get this. Acts chapter 20, verse 24 says this. Paul said this, but none of these things move me, neither do I count my life dear unto myself so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus what is that ministry, Paul? To testify the gospel of the grace of God. The gospel, not gospels. Galatians chapter 1, Paul writing to the church at Galatia in verse 6 and 7 says, I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that called you 
into the grace of Christ unto another gospel. He's like, I'm amazed. What are you doing? But then he says, which is not another, but there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. Again, singular. Why am I saying this? There is not a gospel of healing and a gospel of prosperity and a gospel of restoration and a gospel of deliverance. Nope, it's one gospel of grace. God provided everything by his grace. Hallelujah. Prosperity, healing, deliverance, wholeness. It's been given to us. God's power flows through his grace. Faith comes by hearing God's word. Then you mix God's word with faith by speaking it. Do you get that? Faith comes by hearing his word, but then you must mix it. Then you use your mouth and you mix it. You mix God's word with faith by speaking it. Then you act on your faith and the results come. Why? Because he will perform it. You must mix faith with the gospel of grace to profit. See, you and I, we are created to operate only out of one thing. Rest. Oh, this is so important. I can't tell you how important this is. This is not really preached to the degree it should. You are not created to operate out of stress. You can't receive anything in stress. You can't do anything in stress. So God wants you to enter his rest. How do you do that? You hear his word. How do you hear it? By speaking it. Right now you're hearing it. But see, when you hear it, all of a sudden, you got to start speaking it. That's mine. I have it now. Right? God designed us this way. This is the reason some get it and some don't. You cannot question God or his word and enter into his rest. Why? Because you're mixing his word with the wrong thing. They were saying... What God said he gave us, which was his word, we cannot have because of what we see. So you got to get over what you're seeing, right? It says in verse four, or chapter, Hebrews chapter four, verse three, for we which believe do enter into his rest. 